Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmac Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmac Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacCrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, the Renault Selection Used Car Event, is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty, and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots happening on the show this afternoon, including we hear about our unsung hero for the month of April. Paula Mee is with me. She's talking about Mediterranean food and it's so interesting, I promise you, and how that type of eating and diet can really help our moods. Navin O'Mahony's, yes, they've banned mobile phones from juvenile training. We're going to talk to Jackie Murray, their PRO, and Linda Murray. It's all the Murrays today on Late Lunch, isn't it? You Yes, she's secured after a long battle uh, insurance for her and other businesses in the leisure sector. That's come on late lunch this afternoon. Our number is 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Now, today I want to begin by having a little chat with you. You know how privileged I feel every day to come into this studio and talk to you and bring lots of interesting guests and information and entertainment to you for two hours every day. And I love it. And I've done it for the last 11 years at this stage. And I'm always conscious uh, that we have thousands of listeners from both North Loud to the south of Mead. It's some spread, isn't it? And from east to west as well, in both counties and beyond. And I always look to be inclusive of you all. Uh, I love and know the two counties so well. And I'd safe to say at this stage of my life, I've been to almost every path, part of uh, Loud and Mead. Uh, and I know as well that uh, when you're out there today, wherever you are, in your little village, in your town, in your community or just at home, it's the issues that affect you and the challenges that you have that are to the forefront of your minds for your family, your community, your friends. And I understand that, that your own area is the priority. So maybe for a few moments today, you'd allow me to talk to you about my hometown, Drogheda. You see, I was born and reared in this town, as were my parents uh, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. And as I found out on this show last year when I did the research into my family history generations before, in fact, my family on both sides, Flynn's and Kelly's, have been of Drogheda for time immemorial. And I have to say to you, 
It's a great place. I love the place. It's people. What we have and what we don't have. Our successes and failings, the challenges, the good times, the bad times. It all comes as a single package. And coming into work today, I was just watching as I came along in the car, observing children going to school, students heading for college, people heading to their workplaces, homemakers busy with life, out shopping, looking after their families. And that's what goes on in this town. People busy with life every single day, like everywhere else. Life is normal for the vast majority, and there's not a problem. But for some in recent days, the reality has been really, really difficult. I understand that. From that shooting late last week to the attacks on homes over the weekend, I'm really shocked as a son of Drogheda, I have to say. And I want to say it's totally unacceptable. And it's just incredible that nobody has been killed. And I want to say the time has come to say no more and call a halt. I really would like to appeal to those responsible for this mayhem to please, please stop. Maybe it's too late. Maybe things have gone too far. But I'll say it again. I'll ask you. Please desist. Stop this. We don't want it. The vast majority of people just want to get on with their lives, rear their children, live in peace, earn a crust, have a roof over their heads, be decent, law-abiding people. We don't want this in our town. We really don't. This is not what we're about as a people. So please, I just ask you, a simple ask, stop, please stop. But, you know, this runs a little deeper because why are we at this point here? Why have we come to this juncture you see, it's been in the making, really, folks, for years. I know this as a Drogheda man. The town has been neglected. It's been an unemployment black spot for years. It's regarded as a dormer town for Dublin. And really successive governments have been indifferent to Drogheda. They really feel like, let them eat cake there. It's been, sadly, the town has been sadly inept politically for decades. No voice in government or at the cabinet table and no influence on government. The place has been totally ignored. And on a local front as well, honestly, local politics has failed its people. Part Loud, part me. That's what Drogheda is. It straddles both counties on the south of Loud and bursting into East Meath as well. Caught betwixt and between really both counties. Just consider this as well. Draw the people are soft people. Too soft. They put up with too much. I have to say it. It's a fault in the DNA. Imagine having to pay or to act to pay to access or leave this town when you're driving north or travelling south. A toll. Payment. And that was accepted. And is part and parcel of what's here. It's just an example of taking anything that's thrown at you and accepting it. We heard Andrew Waters on with Michael Reid last Friday, the head of policing, saying his appeals for extra police and resources have fallen on deaf ears. I do know when there was a, an upsurge in problems late last year, so many trainee guardy came into the town. But this, the largest town in Ireland, has not got the police force or resources it needs. And if Andrew Waters comes onto the Michael Reid show and says that, by God, we need to start listening. Well, it's not us that need to start listening. 
It's the minister, Mr. Flanagan. It's our Taoiseach, Mr. Varadkar. That's a given. This must happen. Extra resources must be assigned to the town and not tomorrow or next week, immediately. The other thing that's needed in Drogheda is a single authority for the largest town in Ireland. Straddling East Meath and South Loud. Looking after its own destiny, administering the area for its people in the best interests of the people. And with the local elections coming, I'd ask you if you live in this area to consider carefully before you cast your vote. Cast your vote for capable people who'll get in there, roll their sleeves up and make a difference. And also, a general election may not be too far around the corner, so it is time to elect a representative, this is the way it works in Ireland, to be at the cabinet table or else somebody... I look at the uh, Healy Rays and Lowry and people like this independence. Independence can make a big difference and may at the next election for this neck of the woods as well. So it's something to be considered. But look, on a positive note, the Arts Festival begins in Drogheda tomorrow. Isn't it great? What a line-up there is for the festival. And people will come from far and wide to the town and they have a wonderful line-up. Fla Heron launches this week and it's going to happen in Drogheda in August. Don't mind the yapping of what's going on. It will happen. It will come to the town and visitors will come in their thousands and they'll enjoy it and they'll be welcomed with open arms and they'll see what the place has to offer and they'll be safe. They will be safe, that's for sure. And just to finish up, with appropriate administration, strong political representation, fully resourced policing, investment in jobs and community, my town and your town and the thousands that live here, the thousands and thousands, the vast majority of decent, law-abiding people will continue to love the place. Because it is the town we love so well. In my memory I will always see the town that I have loved so Schools played ball by the gas yard wall, and we laughed through the smoke and the smell. Going home in the rain, running up the dark lane, past the jail down behind the fountain Those were happy days In so many, many ways In the town I loved so well In 
Paddy Riley and the town I love so well, which I'll dedicate to my hometown, Drogheda, this afternoon. Thank you for your comments. Keep them coming to us. 086 1800 658 by text or WhatsApp, or you can call in on 1850 715958. And just to say that on Saturday, this coming Saturday at 12 noon in the heart of Drogheda, on the steps of St. Peter's Church in West Street, a rally is being organised about the violence and against the violence that's happening uh, around the town at the moment and it's something would be well worth attending in numbers to send out a clear message that we want this to stop. We want no more. That's the message from me this afternoon. A businesswoman who we spoke to back on late lunch in January has good news for us. Yes, Linda Murray, who owns Huckleberry's Den in Navin, told us back then that it looked really bleak. She couldn't get insurance uh, for her business and jobs were on the line and the business was likely to close. There's been a lot of water under the bridge uh, since then. Linda's back on the line with me today. Good afternoon, Linda. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for having me on again. You're great. Not at all. You are so welcome. So just just re- refresh with listeners again in their minds where you were. You, you couldn't get insurance at, at all. No, that's correct. So um, I opened Huckleberry's Den six years ago and my insurance then would have been 2500 Last year it was 16000 and I was told I couldn't get insurance this year and if I was to even dream of getting a quote, it would be around the €26,000 mark. So um, I obviously couldn't afford that, not that I was even offered it, but um, no, I couldn't get insurance. So I was faced with the business just closing, um, like lots of other um, play centres. Nine have closed in the last four months. So I was just not going to lie down and let that happen and I just have been fighting since January to try and get insurance and on Friday I just found out that we have secured insurance um, ah. for Huckleberry's Den and for another 60 um, uh, centres around Ireland. Because you're part of this wider grouping now because this is a, a, a widespread problem right across this country. That's right, yeah. So we um, formed a group called Pally, um, incorporated it there in the beginning of March and it's a not-for-profit organisation, but it's there to support um, all businesses in the leisure industry, um, all activity centres. And we formed that, and we now have an, an affiliated organisation. And through that organisation, we got all of our businesses' details, and we presented ourselves as a pack to the Irish and the UK insurance market. We went to 20 insurers altogether, uh, five in Ireland and 15 in the UK, and two insurers in the UK have taken us on. Well, that is really good news. 12 jobs saved and your business and many other jobs and many other businesses as well. Do you mind me asking you, what will it cost you this year? Um, I'll get my insurance for about 13000 So actually you're down slightly on last year. I am. So last year was 16 and I get it for 13. Like it's still, it's still a huge amount. Yes. You know, compared to the two and a half I paid initially. But, mm. um, and I took out a personal loan for last year's, but... 13 is a lot better um, than either closing my business or being faced with 26,000 this year. And it's not only that I have insurance for this year and I've gotten through another 12 months. It's actually a sustainable um, insurance programme. So um, hopefully it'll mean that we have insurance for about the next three years. It's a well-known insurer who have um, been insuring for many, many years all across the world and in the UK and Ireland. Um, and they're not an insurance company that's flitting into the market and fleeting out again, which a lot of a lot of insurance companies do. That's and that's terrific. what has been happening in leisure. Yeah, that's terrific to hear that as well. That bit of certainty that people can plan ahead as well. Now, a couple of, of things that arise from this. You really have been on the campaign trail since you joined us here first, and this has been picked up nationally as well, right across the, uh, our media. 
Have you made any progress on the issue? You know, this is uh, something you've represented politically as well, to say, this is not right, this is exorbitant, we shouldn't be in this position. Has anything happened there? This is the really, really desperate, sad state of affairs of all of this, is that no is the answer. And um, although I'm extremely happy about what we've done with insurance, I'm extremely dissatisfied and unhappy with how the government have treated this whole thing. Um, I sat in Minister Darcy, who's the Minister responsible for um, insurance and the Department of Finance. I sat in his boardroom last summer and I said exactly what was going to happen. And I don't know, just nothing seems to have happened since then and nothing has happened in the last few months. I've presented in front of the Oireachtas Finance Committee. I've been in the Dáil and had 30 play centres there when Fianna Fáil brought a motion uh, to Fianna Gael about reform. Um, all of our councils, including Mead County Council, have actually lobbied the government and, and sent a letter across to say reform needs to happen. There's never been as many people talking about the fact that it needs to happen and nothing has happened yet. Our awards are still too high. Um, our book of quantum which is apparently getting reviewed in November hasn't been done yet the judicial council hasn't been done yet we've no guard of fraud unit so it's really disappointing and lots more businesses are going to close like it takes an awful lot to go and form an, an organisation and get yourselves together as a group but not many people can do that and mm. not many businesses can do that you know we're very lucky that we were able to do that um, so the future in insurance is really bleak unless something changes pronto and we're coming into the summer break and as we know a summer break means a summer break in the term politically. So um, mm. there's there's no changes. That's uh, I mean we've been promised changes, but nothing has happened. That's anyway um, promising uh, so far. That's um, really disappointing really to disappointing. hear that. It really is. Yeah. And, and and does this galvanise you further? Even though you're sorted, let's say on the insurance front, you're not going to give up on this. Are you? I am going to be working harder than ever for reform. Um, Great. I'm a director for the Alliance for Insurance Reform. There's absolutely no way I'm sitting back now and going, great, I got insurance, because what it has opened my eyes to is how desperate the situation is and how many people's jobs and livelihoods are, are under threat. Um, and in fact, um, uh, speaking to another business, I, I won't say who it is now, but another really well-known um, meat business is about to go um, for the same thing as well, um, insurance. And everybody knows this business. It's a really popular place. So it's absolutely shocking that this is happening. And... I don't know what we need to do to get ministers to just sit in a room and try and sort this out. It's through the Department of Finance and through the Department of Justice. And whenever we go and present ourselves um, to Minister Darcy, and he's very sympathetic, I'd like to point that out, and empathetic to the situation. And I do believe he wants change, but it's like he's working on his own. It's like there's nobody else kind of ha- there to support him, you know? Mm. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be working harder than ever to get reform across the line, for sure. They've galvanised you. You are one <laughs> strong woman, Linda Murray. The other thing yeah, I wanted to ask you, I, don't, I may have mentioned this to you before, you know when you put up a disclaimer in your business, mm-hmm. is it worth the paper it's written on? Yeah, it is in lots of instances. Um, it just depends, and it just depends on what view the insurance company takes on it and what, what's going to happen in front of a judge. Now, 60% of all personal injury claims is all that gets before a judge. Um, now that we've read a lot, there's a lot more getting thrown out at the moment, thank God. And, um, you know, there's a, few, a couple of the major insurance companies in Ireland are actually have their own claims department and are actually fighting claims, which is brilliant to see. Um, but... Um, it just depends. It's very hard to sign into a business on behalf of a child because the child doesn't know what they're doing. So there is a stance on it where an adult could say, well, I was signing in for, for a child and the child didn't know what it was letting itself in for. Do you know the way? So it depends. It just depends. Like, I mean, as a parent, the duty of care is with you to supervise your child. It just depends what the accident type is like, what the claim is like and, and who you're going to meet in the, in the judicial system. 
So, a victory on this long road that lies ahead, obviously, for you today with, with this renewal of the insurance. There must be great relief, not alone for you personally, for, but for the people that work with you. And, you know, Huckleberry's Den is well regarded in Avon. But we want to say, because with all this campaigning and all that's been going on, you feel as well people feel felt that you were closing on my clothes. Nothing could be further from the truth, Linda. Absolutely, yeah. We are well and truly opened and we're going to be celebrating with a bang six years opened on the 22nd of May this year. Um, so Huckleberry's is, is opened and Huckleberry's is going to stay opened and i just really like to get that across. Our customers have been amazing and they've been so supportive. Jerry, I've had miraculous metal sent to me. I've had Padre Pio pairs sent in to me. I've people constantly ringing just to say well done and keep the fight up. I've had pubs contact me, restaurants, cafes. Jerry, this is across the board. This is not just activity centres or leisure. This is every type of business is facing um, fraudulent and exaggerated claims. There are definitely real claims out there and nobody mm. wants to take away from that. There are 100% and that's why you have insurance. But it's, it's just the few that can bring in the fraudulent or exaggerated that, that makes things uncertain for a business because ultimately the, the business ends up paying it back. Absolutely. Well, listen, I just wanted to acknowledge today that you had the insurance to say Huckleberry's Den is alive. and Den is well, well and truly open. And we've <laughs> yeah. another 61 businesses all around the country well and truly open as well. That's pet farms, bowling alleys, carting tracks, everything. We've all managed uh, some that were faced with closure or high increases now have insurance because we formed this pally group so and we welcome new people in you know other leisure businesses who want to get in touch by all means get in touch with us but we are well and truly open woohoo <laughs> Linda well done to you nice to hear you so happy this afternoon thank you for joining me on the show Thanks, Jerry. Take, take care, care. yourself bye 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 yes we introduced that story of Linda on late launch in January this year and it's great to hear she has the insurance but the fight goes on somebody on to say I hope that rally in Drogheda is not at 12 noon on Saturday at St Peter's as my daughter's making our first communion there. First communion in the church on Saturday at the heart of Drogheda. Well, that might be something for all the organisers to consider. Uh, good on you, Jerry, for your message about the town. I'm enjoying uh, listening to you on your show every day, says Sheila. Uh, I hope things get back to normal as soon as possible in Drogheda. Pete, McMah- Pete McGahan's been on to us as well. Uh, another one to say, thank you, Jerry, for speaking uh, the way you did uh, about our town. An honest and dignified um, contribution from a proud cousin. I wonder which of my cousins that is there. Uh, and good man, Jerry, from the heart. Needed to be said. And uh, that comes in from Alfie McGivern and so on and so on. They go to us today. And you say to us on late lunch, don't forget the numbers 086 658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. That lady who was on to us just before two uh, saying that uh, First Holy Communion was happening in St. Peter's Church in the heart of Drogheda on Saturday. The original time scheduled for the rally against the violence that's been going on in the town. Well, the organisers have just been on to us to say that the rally will go ahead at four o'clock. So there's a time change there. Four o'clock on Saturday afternoon, looking for a big turnout against what's happening in Drogheda in recent times. Four o'clock on the steps of St. Peter's Church in the heart of Drogheda. I just love this next wee story and I applaud O'Mahony's, Navin O'Mahony's GAA club, the most successful club in the county that they're about 
there or thereabouts every year when it comes uh, to winning the senior championship. But not just that, across the ages and in uh, the hurling aspect of a camogie, uh, girls football, everything, they're wonderful. And you'll be very heartened, I'm sure, to hear what they've implemented at their training sessions. Joining me on the line is the club's PRO, Jackie Murray. Afternoon, Jackie. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for taking the call from us today. Well, tell our listeners what you've done. Well, um, last week, last Friday, in actual fact, the juvenile end of the club put up a sign um, for the nursery on Saturday morning, and it, it went as, Navin O'Mahony's Pride of Cubs Nursery is a phone-free zone. During this one hour, please put your phone away, watch your child learn a new skill and play. I love it. And the reason behind it was um, our nursery is run by um, Niall Quinn, who's the chairman of the juvenile section, Niall McCaig, who's a current senior footballer, and Owen Lynch, our games promotion officer, who goes around all the local schools promoting hurling, camogie, football. And um, they and the other mentors who look after the nursery on a Saturday morning had noticed over a couple of weeks that Young kids were learning how to kick a ball, how to catch a ball, how to run with the hurl, how to hold a ball on on the hurl as they were running and looked up to see if mummy and daddy were watching them and mummy and daddy were too busy looking at their phone and missed what was after happening. So they got together and they, they came to the executive and asked the executive could, would it be possible to put up a few signs just to try and get the hour that they're there on a Saturday morning to be for the kids and for the parents, so that the ki- the parents can see what the kids are doing. Because it means so much to a child if they catch a ball or solo or do any of the skills, and then they look at mammy or daddy or whoever's there, and they're not paying attention. Exactly. And, like, everywhere you go, it's not just on the sideline at, at this nursery training session. Everywhere you go, yeah. restaurants, bars, you name it, when you look around you, 90% of the people who are in there are not even talking to the people who are across from them. They're all looking at their phones. So we just thought that this would be to start it off here and that hopefully it will transcend over all the other age groups. Mm. That maybe the parents will decide, well, for the one hour that my kid is playing a game or at training and I'm there, I'm going to keep the phone away and I'm going to watch what's happening. You are so right. I've mentioned it. We've talked about it here before so many times and it is shocking. We are there, but not in the present of the moment. We are somewhere else and it's just not good enough. No, and um, the, the the wording for the, the, the sign itself was done by uh, Eunice Murtha, who's our health and wellbeing officer for the club. And it's all part of that. It's all part of the health and wellbeing of the kids and trying to promote a kind of family orientation to within the club because we want parents to be involved not only standing on the sideline watch but we want them to become involved to become mentors to become selectors to even come in and have a cup of tea and a chat with other parents after the training session so that that friendliness and that community that you've just been talking about earlier is built up within the club and from then it'll radiate out into all of the sections of of our town and other towns. 
I think it's marvellous and I congratulate Navin O'Mahony's again on this initiative. You are a club that leads the way and has done for years on the field and off, may I say, but this is a brilliant concept. How was it received? Well, so far we've had nothing but positive reaction to it. Now, I know it's probably going to annoy a few parents or a few people who um, find that they can't live without their phone, but overall... Even some of the parents have been getting back onto the mentors of the, of the nursery saying, yes, we agree with this. This is just brilliant. It is only for that one hour. We're not asking them to leave, to, to not use their phone at all. We're just asking them for that one hour that they're with their kids up there to leave the phone in the car and just be part of what's going on out there. It is a tiny tiny uh, sacrifice to make for your child and it will mean as I said I can see it so much to them that you're involved. Well, just about the uh, the cubs, your pride of cubs and your nursery, what ages are we talking about here the children? You're talking for the, the pride of cubs you're talking from four to six and mm. roughly every Saturday morning we have between 90 and 100 kids in that group. Wonderful, wonderful and then after that they're on from 10 to 11. And then after that, then the under 7s, 8s, 9s and 10s come in. So for every Saturday morning, roughly, there's 400 to 450 kids up there learning the skills and learning to play and playing games and, and being involved in something. Yeah, and understanding. It's a good education as well for parents. But hopefully, as you say, this will spread out from here to different age groups and across life in general, because... These things, they have their place, but come on, when we're with our children, socially, out enjoying ourselves, things like that, just put them aside and well, that, go on. As we were saying, they're only small for yes. a certain length of time, yep. so why not enjoy what you can with them while they're that age, and be part of it. Yeah. Don't be standing on the sideline looking at your phone, be part of it, even if it's just to give them a little bit of encouragement to catch that ball, or to throw that ball, be there and do that. Yes, it's great, it's great, it's great. And let's hope you are leaders in this uh, for others in the North East and beyond. Congratulations to Navin O'Mahony's again. Keep up the great work. You're a wonderful club and great people. Jackie, lovely to catch a word with you today. Thanks a million for that, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 That's Jackie Murray there, PRO of Navin O'Mahony's. I think that is just great. And it's given me a no lift this afternoon to think... That somebody spotted that, and I'll just read you what, what they met when they went in on Saturday. Navin O'Mahony's Pride of Cubs Nursery is a phone-free zone. During this one hour, please put your phone away, watch your child, watch your child learn a new skill and play. It has a lovely ring to it as well. Louise, you have children, they play sports, they're involved in football as well. What do you make of this? Jerry, do you know what I'm gonna tell you? I was sitting at home last night with my mobile phone out, you know, looking for different things and bots. And my three-year-old went straight to the sink and picked up this saucepan that was on the draining board and came over to me. And I said, where are you going with that? And he said, I ain't going to bash your phone with it. (laughs) And I looked at him and laughed. And straight away, I just threw my phone away and picked him up and gave him a big hug. You got the message. But he got the message, you know, yeah. and he's only three and he realised, hang on a minute, this bloody yeah. phone is getting between me and my mammy. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's brilliant. But, but I'm saying that really woke you up as well to the, oh my God, what am I at here? Now I know, minutes. look, at we all, and in this business, the phone at times and we have shows to produce and get ready as well. But look, we 
get too much into it, don't we? It, it hooks us and we become addicted to it. I see it myself, last thing at night, first thing in the morning, checking even, maybe I have it in silence during the night, I, I don't have it uh, near me, I want to sleep without it, but really can start to dominate but I think that's a great move by O'Mahony's and Navin. It, it is because and what she says makes so much sense because often a child does just look up for the mammy if they're after yes. scoring a point or whatever or their daddy yeah. to say look what I just did and their face just falls if they see their mammy or their daddy looking, just looking chatting at, or looking, looking at the looking phone. Looking into a phone. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Back to some of your comments from uh, the, what I had to say at the start of the show. Jerry, they're all listening to you, Good. all behind you. Um, the WhatsApp, some WhatsApp comments here. Well spoken, Jerry. As a Meath person who frequently um, goes to Drogheda fairly often, I'm shocked to see what's happening there. Mm. And that's from Mary. Uh, Jerry, well said. You're a great, uplifting man. I always enjoy listening to the show. And I have two daughters who dance at the FLA, and I look forward to it this year. Great stuff. It's lovely to hear that because that is the positivity. There is. Lots happening in Drogheda this summer and it's going to be great, I promise you. Uh, somebody else said, well said, Jerry. we need this positivity to overcome. Thank you indeed for that one there. Um, what else? There was another one I wanted to read there. Oh, yes, they go on like that. And, and thanks indeed for all the very positive comments. We could keep reading them, but you get the gist of what's going on. But here's another one uh, comes in uh, this afternoon. Jerry, there should be some law to restrict the amount of election posters put up. One lady in Navin has the old Dublin Road plastered. In my opinion, it sends out the wrong message on litter and protecting the environment. And I might suggest it might even have a negative effect on the candidates' chances of election. Uh, the public are fed up with this, to be honest. So election posters, they are everywhere. I, and I hear what you're saying there. And I understand it is... For some people, something they don't want to see. And people have been saying, don't put up posters and we'll vote for you. Just on the environment, I want to remind you that tomorrow on Late Lunch, we are dedicating the whole show tomorrow to environmental matters. And we want you to join us tomorrow. We're going to be talking in a practical sense about how you and I can make a difference. Because, you know, we are heading for catastrophe on this planet. Don't let anyone codge you on this or tell you that it's fake news. This is the scientific fact, the reality. So tomorrow on Late Lunch, we've a range of guests, haven't we, Louise? Yeah, and we have. The whole show is packed. Subjects lined up for you tomorrow, all on the environment, especially on Late Lunch tomorrow afternoon. So just take a note of that one, the lady there. Thank you for your comment, who messaged the environment. And we hear what you're saying about the election posters as well. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. Still to come on the show, we're going to hear who our unsung hero is for the month of April. Paula Me is with me on Late Lunch today. Mood food, and in a moment after the break, I'm joined for a catch up by Eileen Rush. We last spoke with Eileen Rush here in studio back in January, and at that stage, she was a number of weeks into treatment for cervical cancer. We promised her we'd keep in touch through the year. We're almost on the cusp of May, and she's back on the line with us. Hello, Eileen. Hi, Jerry, how are you? I'm good, and you're so bubbly sounding, and thank you so much for <laughs> joining us on the show today. It's great to catch up with you. Well, how are you? How has the treatment been going? Um, so I finished the treatment about uh, two months ago and um, it was good. It was tough the last, there was 31 in uh, radiotherapy treatments. Uh, so the last week I was actually in ho- in the hospital on the ward. So that was a little tough. But I'm, um, I'm at home and I'm staying with my parents the last two months. So I'm doing, doing quite well, actually. <laughs> you are now in full menopause at 33, yes? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, funny enough, that's the worst, <laughs> Louise, that's the worst thing mm. so far. So uh, 
Actually, I was at the uh, the Drada Daffodil Fashion Show there uh, last week, and uh, it was funny, you know, when there's older ladies and you've got more in common with them um, than I would people my own age. <laughs> they were like maybe talking about having babies and getting married, and I'm comparing notes on menopause, so it is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's a sad uh, side effect of of all that's going on with you at the moment. But you will receive, you're going to receive more treatment for this as well soon, aren't you? Uh, well, so the where menopause, it's the HRT, which is the human replacement therapy. Yeah, HRT. I actually, I didn't want it. I thought I was just going to be delaying the inevitable, and I was a bit against it. But my consultant advised that women who naturally go into menopause, about the 50, everyone's not the same, um, are far more likely to get um, heart disease or osteoporosis. Mm. So that I was just putting my body at extra risk risk for like an extra 20 years so the main purpose would be to delay the menopause so that I wasn't putting myself at extra risk of um, osteoporosis or heart disease so I'm hoping to start that in the next couple of weeks and just waiting on some blood test results and things like that but yeah so I mean you're kind of blessed that that is that is there for me to take. Yes yes and uh, it's it's a little consolation anyway and and it can't be easy as you said but I heard listen you stole the show on the the uh, fashion uh, Daffodil Day <laughs> event. I heard you swoon the room. It was brilliant. I'd actually never been to it before, uh, but like people come from all over to it. So there was give or take 400, um, I would like to say ladies, but there was about half a dozen men there. I think in attendance, mm-hmm. including my dad and my brother-in-law to be. And uh, oh, the atmosphere was brilliant. It was just a lot of women supporting women. So there's a lot of different categories. And I was... Um, and the survivors, there were six survivors. Um, and then I also was on the stage just discussing with Mark from the Irish Cancer Society what actually happens to the money that is raised during the likes of the Daffodil Day campaign. Mm. Um, and it's benefit to like real people. And it's, you know, because I know people constantly give to particularly cancer charities. So I think it's just good to reassure people that the benefits are received by the likes of myself who's um, mid-treatment or people who are at different stages of it so we're like we are so lucky to have such a great um, Daffodil uh, Day campaign and Drogheda in particular and the surrounding area in the northeast is extremely generous uh, we're seen as one of the most generous outside of Dublin like for the, the size of the population so it's great I hear there's a contract in the post from one of the modelling agencies but <laughs> just we, we leave yeah. that that's quite confidential yeah. at the moment yeah. Yeah. watch this space um, you're not obviously working at, at the moment or the foreseeable future, but you wanted to mention the people in Irish Life where you work. They've been very yeah. good to you. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I work for a very, a very big organisation, and I'm just like really, I suppose, blessed. Like I have really good managers, and I'm also the people on my team. Uh, I did mention to you previously. There's, I'm actually the third person that's currently out of a team of give or take thirty. It goes up or down, um, at the moment with cancer. So, I mean, it's tough on everyone when you're in there and we we all get on and work well. And I get, like, um, so, so many messages and some great emails just ad hoc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just seeing how I am and like I am blessed that as a member of staff, like I, 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 I do get some an income from them as well as the illness benefit. Whereas I was saying a lot of people in hospital have gone from being the supporting um person in the family to being on social welfare, which is just over two hundred euro. And I know a lot of people live comfortably or not comfortably live with that income as I did previously myself. But it's a it's a it's a lot it's a big concern to take on as well as trying to get yourself well. So I'm I'm quite lucky that one area that I'm not hugely concerned about is my finances. Mm. So I think I take any positives that are available. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> and you had income protection. It's important to mention that, especially mm-hmm. for people maybe who are self-employed or don't have the security of tenure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a, it is a luxury um, and I'm not suggesting everyone can afford it, but I do think that... Uh, <laughs> The Irish were so easygoing, and I know uh, we can put it all off. And I would just say, if someone can afford some kind of um, either income protection or you know some kind of protection, they really should because it's just made a massive difference to me. And I can see a direct comparative to other people I've met, um, other cancer people, people, patients, survivors. Also, it's like it's just something I haven't really had to think to do much about. Mm. So and so, I can give all my energy into like getting better and being positive and not worry about you know paying bills (laughs) which you know is oh it's a huge relief isn't it now you have a big few weeks coming up two (laughs) weddings and a confirmation uh yeah it's a feast or a famine so um i'm actually just back from a weekend away it was my best friend is getting married in uh two weeks in italy and i'm a bridesmaid but i couldn't go on her hen party that was um in cologne so uh, me and her mom and her sister went away yesterday um, and then next week siobhan and sean are getting married my sister um, and then three weeks then i'm uh seamus's confirmation is on so it's great because like you know it's a good distraction for me and then i'll come back from all of that and i'll find out how their their treatment went, I suppose, yeah. And, of course, you'll be minding yourself and building up the energy because fatigue is a particular thing that, that's that been hitting you, yes? Yeah, so it's quite common. Um, so, you know, obviously it depends on what treatment you get. Would be, would be, The variety is huge depending on the cancer type. So mine is cervical. So the major treatment I get, I received, is radiotherapy, which the main side effect of that is it's called cancer fatigue. So, you know, like walking upstairs or just doing really anything, like I can just get really tired all of a sudden and I have to lie down. 
And um, for me, I find that like really hard because I like to keep going. I'm very bossy and busy. <laughs> so um, I've been able to counteract that with um, some exercise. So I've been partaking in a, a program called XWell. So it just encourages you to kind of get moving a little bit at a time and to try and build yourself up. So yeah, like that's what I found really beneficial to me. And a bit of relaxation at the, at the uh, wonderful Gary Kelly Centre thrown in as well. Yeah, so I, I mean, we're so lucky that it's, it's for me, I live in Termofakin and it's literally a five minute drive in the road. So they offer so much like yoga and like so, like counselling, so many things. So I, ha- I did last week, I did the meditation and I just found it, I would just like, I'd lost like 30 stone off my shoulders, even though I didn't feel that stress going in the door, but I felt like a different person coming out. So they're all really wonderful in there. There's a lot of volunteers involved in there. So it's, it's just really great to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you couldn't say enough about it. You're you're no. <laughs> so right there, and and we are so lucky. Anyway, you're doing well and uh, mm-hmm. marching forward, and a lot to look forward to over the coming yeah. weeks as well. Listen, nice to catch up with you this afternoon, so and uh, we'll keep in touch through the year as well as things progress. Is that okay? Hopefully, I'll be back on in a month saying that all the treatment has worked. So please, God. <laughs> please, God, you will. Thank you so much for joining me, Eileen. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye, bye bye. What a wonderful young woman she is. 33 years of age and she's been through an awful lot and uh, nice to catch up with her this afternoon on Late Lunch. She's inspiring, isn't she? We're heading towards our break at 2.30 and afterwards, stay with us. Paul and me is with us. Mediterranean food, it can really lift your mood and we'll hear what Paula has to say about this. My next guest on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon is a dietitian, lecturer in culinary nutrition at the Technological University Dublin, author of several books, including her new one called Mediterranean Mood Food. Food. And boy, did this book catch our attention. And when I received it, and I have it in my hand here now, when you look at the cover, it's uplifting. And listen to these lines from the cover. What to eat to help beat depression and live a longer, healthier life. Who wouldn't want that? Paula me. good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show. Congratulations on the book. It's terrific. It really is. Tell me this for a start. Mediterranean food and the mood and health in general proven that it's best, the best diet? Yeah, it comes out tops in terms of, you know, the the coverage that it gets every year. And um, it's probably the most researched dietary pattern worldwide at this stage. Um, and if you look at, you know, what we call meta-analysis, that these are uh, reviews of a large number of group of studies, umbrella reviews of about 13 meta-analyses of observational studies where we watch people over time and 16 meta-analyses of randomised control trials, which are very good quality studies, investigating the link between sticking to the Mediterranean diet and about 37 different health outcomes. The Mediterranean diet comes out tops. So it's really, you know, is well researched. Um, I'd say maybe 12 and a half million people have been involved in the studies. And adherence to the traditional Mediterranean diet is really protective against death from all causes, but it is also protective from heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and some cancers. And now we understand that it can be very protective against neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, dementia and depression. 
Isn't that just something else? What we actually eat, we've often heard it said, and I've said it in the past, is what we are, and this is really the case here. Now, having been through the book and read your introductions and all else besides, one thing just really does strike me here. Uh, there's little in terms of the dishes that you you suggest going through the book, and they're wonderful, uh, little in the way of meat and chicken, a little lamb, but lots of fish. Yeah, lots of fish. And that, that really is the traditional diet. You know, they didn't enjoy meat on a very regular basis. In fact, it was a monthly food. So when they had it, they enjoyed it. But they also stretched it out. They had small portions and they ate a lot more peas, beans and lentils with the lamb or the meat. So um, it was an occasional food, not an everyday food. And it was all kind of more free range than maybe you know, what we would see today, you know, the intensified farming yes. methods that we use are quite different now to the traditional way. But our lamb in Ireland here is largely, you know, it's largely free range as well. A lot of it mm. um, is, is wonderfully um, organic, if you like, you know, in that it's it's out sort of eating around the, the hills of Wicklow or, or Connemara or whatever. And, and very, very healthy. And I suppose there's nothing wrong with a little meat, but traditionally the Mediterranean people had more protection from fish than they had from meat. And they certainly didn't eat the processed meats that we eat today. So yes. they weren't big into the processed sausages and uh, beef burgers that we pick from this freezer in the supermarket. They weren't, you know, uh, curing and processing meat with uh, nitrites and nitrates and added salt and the like. Yeah. So um, they did preserve, they did ferment, they did, you know, hold on to everything they had and produced, but it was in a healthier way. Mm. You know, I was in Sicily, Paula, last year, and I just saw this. I was up in the mountains near Mount Etna, and I went into this little, it was nearly like a kitchen, but it was a small family restaurant. I had a bolognese. This is just an example. And I'd say there was so little meat in it, but yet there was just enough for me to say it was probably the nicest I ever tasted. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. And, you know, when we go to tourist spots now in the Mediterranean, we're probably eating more or less the same type of diet as we get at home. You know, there are lots of pizza pizza Mm. joints and, Mm. you know, you're fed kind of white bread at the table before you you order, that type of thing. That's not really the traditional way. And you're describing maybe some mountainous, kind of more rural uh, villages um, where you probably will see a greater adherence to the the pillars of the Mediterranean diet, like the fundamentals of the Mediterranean diet. And um, certainly, I suppose, when you're up the mountains, you might get, you know, you might not have access to fish, but, you know, yeah. those people living uh, on the shores certainly did have more oily fish than we would enjoy today. So not many of us eat fish, oily fish, once a week. And that's the recommendation that we should have maybe salmon, mackerel, tuna or herring. Some of that is very seasonal. You won't get it unless it's smoked, but there's nothing wrong with smoked fish. It doesn't seem to carry the same risk as maybe cured meat. Yeah. Um, naturally smoked, so, Paula. Not not that, you know, they paint on this smoke, but you know, the, the naturally smoked. That's what you're talking about there, is it? Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing, uh, just uh, uh, I don't mean to stop you there, but something else that's really prominent in this book is the area of the consumption of fat. And they, in Mediterranean countries, they do consume high levels of fat. But here's the thing, and you say it clearly, it's unsaturated or polysaturated fats. Not like us, we're saturated, aren't we? That's right, yeah. And so it's not about a no-fat diet. They had higher 
levels of consumption of fat than we um, would target, you know, that we would recommend today. Um, But they had all of the right types of fats. So their fats largely came from olive oil or some sort of plant oil like that. So today we could mimic that by enjoying olive oil in our salad dressings um, or when we're cooking. But we could also use rapeseed oil as well, which is very good and has a higher smoking point in the pan if we have to cook something. Um, And also then they had the polyunsaturated fats that are found in oily fish. And they had monounsaturated fats, which are very healthy for us, found in kind of nuts and seeds. And so they, they used to eat these on a very regular basis. Not like us, you know, we might buy some Brazil nuts and throw them into the press and maybe have them occasionally. But they really consumed these types of foods on a daily and weekly basis. And made a big difference, of course. Now, here is the one I wanted to mention while you're on, because you do bring into the conversation the old chicken's egg or hen's egg. And you say seven per week. Is that a good average? Well, we, we, I tried to kind of give some guidelines in this. And um, I suppose the, the evidence is, is <laughs> it's a bit controversial. You know, mm. you read all sorts of things and eggs differ. You know, not all eggs are the same. So ideally, if you can pick a more free range organic type egg, that's great. Um, and um, certainly, you know, up to seven a week for the general population is absolutely fine. If you enjoy one or two extra, that's no problem as well, as long as you're active and there's no gaps in your diet otherwise. Yeah. So they're very complete forms of protein. Um, you know, they have all the essential amino acids. And again, the yolk, which is where you'll find the fat, is naturally wonderfully balanced. It's one part saturates and two parts unsaturates, exactly the way mother and, and nature intended. And it's a really good type of food to include because... It contains uh, choline, which is um, one of our, well, which is, it, we use it to make one of our neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitters are very interesting because the gut and the brain are connected through chemicals called neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitter, neurotransmitters can actually, they can control our feelings and emotions. So, for example, the neurotransmitter serotonin, that can contribute to feelings of happiness and you know, they also, um, these little neurotransmitters control our body clocks. So, you know, appetite and, and also how we sleep. But interestingly, many of the neurotransmitters are also produced by the gut cells and the trillions of microbes or the microbiome, as we call it now. And a large proportion of serotonin is produced in the gut, in a healthy gut. And your gut microbes um, also produce another neurotransmitter called gamma aminobutyric acid or GABA. People might know it as GABA. And that really helps to control feelings of fear and anxiety. And it's interesting that, you know, studies in laboratory mice have shown that certain probiotics or healthy bacteria can increase the production of GABA and reduce anxiety and depression-like behaviour. So, you know, we have neurotransmitters which affect how we feel. And that's one way that food affects our mood because we need the right types of foods to promote the right type of gut bacteria, which in turn produces these neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, acetylcholine and GABA. So we, we are really, um, we are what we eat, as you said, you know, <laughs> it's yes. really very important. And I suppose how we promote good bacteria in the gut is with what we eat. So, you know, the trillions of, of microbes that live in the gut they rely on the inputs. If your inputs are largely sugary, highly refined, um, poor fats, 
and that will affect what's growing in the gut. And it might promote the wrong type of bacteria, which in turn is going to produce not so good metabolites. And that will adversely affect your mood um, and and your, your cognitive function. So the gut microbes that we want to promote, um, the good guys, will give us back in turn. So we give them the dietary fibre that we don't use because we will digest part of the carbohydrate and we'll, you know, we'll get that into our bodies and we'll store that if we don't use it for energy. But there are fibres that we can't digest. But luckily enough, when it goes down into the large intestine, that's where the good microbes can start to work on these fibres. And they in turn then produce short-chain fatty acids for us. So they give us back these little short-chain fatty acids like butyrate, propionate and acetate. And they're really important because they have an anti-inflammatory effect. And they also are really important in terms of um, a lot of these microbes in talking to our immune system. So they um, can switch on inflammation when necessary and they can switch it off. But if the wrong type of bacteria is growing in the gut, sometimes the switching off of the immune system is a little bit faulty. And you get this chronic, low-grade, long-term systemic inflammation in the gut. And in fact, now we know that some of the toxins um, from the gut can leak into the blood and travel um, and cause inflammation in other parts of the body as well. And that ends in disease if it's chronic, long-term and not switched off. So it's really interesting, you know, that the gut microbes, which um, we only kind of really are, are beginning to understand their role, but they are absolutely essential for our health. And we can't have a good mental health without good gut health. And we can't have good gut health without good diet. So they're both interconnected. Yes, uh, Nikki Kyle is our organic gardening guru here on Late Lunch. I visit her her garden and she uh, produces her own kefir and she gave me the nuts and I make it myself now and take it every day with the gut in mind. Brilliant. Yeah, and one of our challenges is how can we get some living foods into our diet and on the plate every day? So that's a really good food, kefir, and you can make it yourself um, with water or with milk. Um, another one, if you don't want to go to the trouble of making kefir, would be just to have some natural yogurt every day yep. with live bacteria. And, you know, you can marry that with a little bit of fruit because the fruits like the berries in particular have lots of antioxidant vitamins, which help dampen down inflammation as well. So, you know, that's a wonderful combination, natural yogurt and berries. Um, I know it, it can be expensive berries, but if you buy them in season or if you can grow them yourself, like I, I'm protecting my blueberries this year. I have two, <laughs> two big um, blueberry um, bushes outside, but um, it's very difficult because the birds get at them usually. But yes. if you can protect them and grow them and seek them out locally um, from the farmer's market, that's a good idea. Yeah, and the other thing that we can do is is maybe use things like buttermilk or there are lots of other kind of live bacteria now found in foods naturally and that are coming through the farmer's market and into our kitchens. So like things like kimchi, um, which is not traditionally Mediterranean, but there there are lots of them now that you'll see. And um, those are the things that really help um, to boost the levels of the good bacteria because probiotics or live bacteria in your yogurt really kind of help to boost the levels of the good guys in the gut. 
And remember, they're all competing for food. And so if there are more of the good guys, they get more of the food and they'll flourish and thrive. Whereas if you're not putting, you know, um, some good guys in there every day and you're not eating the fibre which the good guys eat, then you're kind of falling short and you probably are promoting the wrong type of bacteria in the gut or maybe you're losing diversity. And losing the diversity of all of the different strains can, you know, we see that uh, important in terms of if you've, if you've very little diversity, you're more likely to be very frail as an older person and you're more likely to run into to difficulty. Absolutely. I have to say to you, I love this book. Uh, we love our food on late lunch as well and especially food writers. I recommend it highly. It's called Mediterranean Mood Food by Paula Mee. You have your lunch tomorrow? Yes, that's right. So if anybody, I'm not sure if there are tickets left, but if anybody would like to join myself and Professor Ted Dynan, um, Professor Ted Dynan, he is the, he's actually a psychiatrist. So when I first heard that I was going to be on the couch with Ted, I kind of thought, wow. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking of a Freudian long reclining couch. But we're going to have a chat tomorrow at half six in Easton's on O'Connell Street about the microbes in the gut um, and about how they can protect us against disease or perhaps maybe put us, put, put us at increased risk of disease, depending on what's growing there. Yeah. He has done some fascinating research in this area of anxiety and depression. Um, he's from UCC, but he's world-renowned now, um, cutting edge in terms of his research, and indeed. I'm really looking forward to meeting him. Good luck with the launch. Thank you for joining us. Best wishes with the book. I love it. Thank you, Paula. Thank you very much, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye now. That's Paula. Me there, Mediterranean mood food. It's fantastic. You will benefit highly from it, I promise you. Paddy Feehan was on to us. Uh, we were talking earlier about the uh, Navinomahani's initiative, training and no mobile phones for parents. Paddy was on to say that parents are also missing out by taking photos and not really enjoying the event. You're so right, Paddy. I agree with you on that one. Um, another one in to say, I was in Drogheda when one of the incidents happened recently. I'm from Navin. I go to Drogheda every weekend and I absolutely love the town and will continue to go there. Thank you very much in, indeed for that. Um, um, also, where near Drogheda, uh, Margaret was listening to uh, Paula Mee there, can you find a farmer's market that you can get your veg straight from the farm? Um, Louise was saying there's one, is there? In What, what, what were you looking at there, Louise? Uh, I'm not too sure how old this is. We'll check it out. But um, it says there's every Friday from 10am to 5pm on West Street, I think Drogheda. There used to be a few stalls there. I know that for sure. And there was one in St. Peter's Church of Ireland periodically as well. But you know what? And we must come back we to this. We must come back to this, Louise. The market in Drogheda, Bolton Square mm-hmm. in Drogheda, oh, yeah. you know, there near the Boyne Centre was a terrific market and lots of fresh veg and produce there and lots of other things beside. And then it was destroyed. Destroyed by the illegal cigarettes, the CDs, all that terrible stuff. And now there's virtually no market in Bolton Street in Drogheda. There's an opportunity to scrap everything, start again with a proper farmer mark, farmer's market. What do you think? Anyway, if you have any thoughts, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850-715-958. If you'd like to call in, who have we singing for us before three, Louise? We have Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. Oh my God, I'm dreaming of it. Mood food. <laughs> Well, that's the one thing.
Frank was in touch to say, Jerry, uh, you're 100% right in everything you said about the tolls into Drogheda, the political situation, TDs and people not doing their job. But one thing, Jerry, you can't guarantee is the safety of people. And uh, unfortunately, nobody is doing anything about this. Well, I think they are. And they're going to have to, to be honest with you, Frank, because safety is paramount. And as I was saying, people are getting on with their lives, children going to school, homes to be... Uh, lived in and uh, people are just decent they just want to do the best for them their children and their communities and their families and everything and that of course frank i have to say has to be a priority at this point in time uh, for the minister the minister for justice and even up to the Taoiseach as well it's a serious situation and they must deal with that and they must uh, give the resources to uh, our superintendent of police to bring that confidence back and I'm sure that is something that will just have to happen and will happen and again I want to remind you we've had another message to say that rally against the violence in Drogheda is taking place at 4 o'clock this Saturday 4 o'clock this coming Saturday on the steps of St Peter's in the heart of Drogheda and I'd encourage as many people as possible to get along there and uh, show our colours on that day that's next Saturday 4 o'clock at St Peter's not 12 noon as was previously uh, mentioned um, what else was I to say Louise have you something there oh the market yeah the cottage market you've got a, a clarification on that for, for us haven't you well we think so we found out that there is a cottage market seemingly on the first Saturday of every month in St Peter's Church of Ireland uh, Parish Hall on Peter Street in Drogheda which I think was what you mentioned Yes, and it's seemingly um, a very eclectic mix of stalls and you can get everything from wholemeal bread gluten free bakes olive oil honey Indian street food to uh, handmade cards My, and jewellery. That sounds great. But uh, again, I come back to the market in the heart of Drogheda, Bolton Square. That's an initiative that should be taken on to uh, reform and re-energise that market into what it was. Because I remember when I was a child, um, there were markets in all the towns. Is your market in Navin? Oh, yeah, it's still, uh, still going on the Fair Green every Friday. Dundalk has it, I'm sure Kells has it, Trim. We all have our markets, you know, and they're very important. But at one stage, they were markets as such, you know, where you went and got homemade produce, you know, jams and eggs and your fresh veg and everything like that. That predominated and then some clothing and that came into it. But then it just went haywire. And what we want is good food market. That's what people are looking for. And that would be a lovely initiative. Do you like going to markets yourself? I love going to markets, yeah. Yeah. Especially where there's, you know, food and you can taste and people are talking about it. And Mm. I think they do it better. When you watch TV, they do it better abroad than we do it here. They have the weather. Yeah, I suppose that is one thing as well. Mm. Uh, But look, at uh, it's not all bad with weather here either. And look at the great fresh seasonal produce we have. And so many people looking for outlets to sell it as well. And I, th- I think that'd be a, a great way to to uh, sell it. Used to bring a French market to Navan every year, which was Did lovely they? with chocolates that must and everything. Have been fabulous, wasn't yeah, it? it was really lovely crepes and everything like that. So it's pretty that all can't be incorporated. Yeah, all the different cuisines. Oh, it'd be fantastic! Mm. One last shout out for the big race day: uh, dogs and horses at uh, Dundalk Stadium this Friday. LMFM race day. Would you like to go along? All you have to do is text me now. Race day to oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight, and we'll organise tickets for you. And you could be in with a chance of winning that lovely meal for four at the beautiful restaurant there in Dundalk Stadium. So get texting if you want to go along to a big race day in Dundalk Stadium. This 
this Friday. Up next on Late Lunch, yes, we have another nomination for you. We've done it in January, February, March. Now it's April's turn. Yes, the Home Instead Senior Care LMFM Unsung Hero. We're going to unveil who it is for April after this break. Who is our Home Instead Senior Care Unsung Hero for the month of April? We're going to find out now because the man who nominated this person is on the line. His name is Philip Devonish. And let me say, Philip, by God, you put some effort into uh, this nomination. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, give us the name. Who is it? His name's Oshin Dunn. And why do you want to nominate Oshin? Well... I, I first met Oshin about six years ago when I became a leader in the 18th Mead Scout Group, and he's the group leader. And he's just one of those men that bounds enthusiasm for everything and anything. And I realized kind of over the last six months or so, or maybe a little longer, that any time there's anything going on in the community, Oshin seems to be quietly working away in the background, whether it's putting up a stage or distributing leaflets. He's really, you know, involved in the community in, in lots and lots of ways. You say, and in, I'll use your words uh, to quote you here, as regards the Scouts, no one has volunteered to take the yoke from him. Yeah, so like, all, all Scout groups have a, a group leader. Oshin um, set up the groups. You know, he when, when, when there was no group, a Scout group in uh, Bettystown, uh, Oshin wasn't someone who just said, oh, there really should be a group. He was the man who said, there's going to be a group and I'm going to set it up. And uh, he approached different people um, to come on board with him. Uh, and then, so he became the, the, the group leader. And over the years, there's been a number of other um, section leaders and, and adult scouters in the group, but none of them have put their hands up and said, you know what, Oshin, you've done 10 years of all of the background admin work, all of the uh, filling in forms, all of looking after the admin will take the load off you. We, none of us have actually gone that far, and he just tirely works away at it. And uh, there's always something to be done. There's meetings to go to, forms to fill in, people to contact, and he he does it. And he's very much a a go to man. You know, if there's if work, I have a problem, so I lead in the scouts now. I did six years in the Beavers, leading the scouts. And if ever I have a problem with anything, you know, I can just give him a ring and. The problem's sorted without a fuss. You know, if, I, mm. if I'm stuck with leaders, he'll find someone to come down and help me. So he's absolutely fantastic in that regard. Now, there's more strings to this guy's bow. He's a great supporter of the St. Vincent de Paul and the, their appeal every year. That's it. So uh, our um, local St. Vincent de Paul, they, they send out a news, news shot newsletter every Christmas in their Christmas appeal. And Oshin is really involved in it. Uh, he gets us, the scouts, equally involved with him. So he assembles all the leaflets. He gives them to the beavers. So these are children aged six to nine, and they spend a, a Monday evening folding them into letterbox-sized um, pamphlets. And then um, the scouts and the cubs go out and deliver them around the states on, on Thursday evenings. And Oshin coordinates that, and he's telling everybody which estate. So you're doing Brabazon and you're doing Foxbury and you're doing uh, Inch Bay. And then there's been a couple of years where I think the weather was inclement on the Thursday night and he uh, gave up his Saturday with a few of us to go and uh, catch up where we'd fallen behind in delivering these leaflets. Mm. Uh, and so anybody in the, in the community who gets one of these leaflets, it's been delivered by a scout that's been coordinated by uh, Oshin. Terrific. He set up a website for the local school. Yeah, so the school... Um, uh, computerized their system of um, arranging for First Holy Communion, and he was the man behind that, and he um, also helped the school in uh, getting hold of some computers and getting them up and running 
uh, and so it made it a lot lot easier for parents to interact with with the whole first communion um side of it mm. not you know putting names forward and that kind of thing give a busy man a job he's the representative on his residence association for his particular area yeah yeah so he, he um he is he's 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 the the street rep and um at Christmas, he, he dresses up as Santa, and I've seen photographic evidence of this, and goes delivering hampers to the, the children in the street. Now, I've never seen him do this, but I understand he uh, speaks away uh, in Irish to the children from the Irish school while he's delivering the, these hampers. He's terrific. And uh, just to mention his workplace, he's the union rep there, and he's a mentor in the workplace as well, and highly regarded. You know this too. Yes, I do. So I mean, the first time um, I met him, he was telling me a story of one glorious Friday evening he'd been at work. It was a glorious Friday evening, and he just said to a group of his colleagues, oh, of course, sure, let's go down the Dublin mountains and go for a walk. And that's what he did. And he, he takes people out, and he has that, that drive. And when I was talking to somebody else about him, they said he's that kind of person that uh, emits enthusiasm. And, and if you need to get a project off the ground, you get him started and then everybody else seems to get snowballed and swept along with him and the project happens. <laughs> I love this. And finally, you had a sneaky peek at his diary and it's pretty full. Yeah, that's it. So uh, oh, a month or two ago now, I was trying to fix something up for the scouts um, and, uh, and there was going to be, a, I don't know, a hike on a Saturday or a Sunday and Oshin was going through his diary and he said, well, I can't do that week because I have this commitment with the the uh, scouting island in the national organization i can't do that week i can't do that week and it turned out i think he had two free weekends um or one free weekend even just for himself over a six-month period um so you know that's the mark of the man that everybody wants a piece of him and uh, i just don't know how his wife uh, and his children um find time to spend with their dad <laughs> yes his wife Noreen and he has four wonderful children as well well you know something uh, when we received your nomination Philip a wee while ago we said yes here's our man for the month of April he really is so deserving to be acknowledged as the uh, Home Instead Senior Care LMFM unsung hero April 29 we're delighted to say it's Oshin Don well done for taking time you and sending us in all this information and telling us and painting the picture of of this guy today. We do appreciate it and we'll be in touch uh, because all the winners are coming along to a, a big event at the end of the year and they'll receive their awards and we'll be in touch in the meantime uh, to make arrangements and getting a few photos and things like that. Is that okay, Philip? That's brilliant. Thanks very much. Not at all. Thank you indeed for joining me Thank on the show you. today. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Is there somebody out there? Are you listening to what uh, Philip had to say there about Oshin Don? Congratulations, Oshin. Congratulations, Oshin. You are our unsung hero again, if you're listening today for the month of April. Is there somebody like that in your community, in your village, in your town, in your sports club that you feel you'd like to nominate them? You know, they go and do all these things and they really never ask for anything. They just get on with it and do it. If you're listening today and there's somebody like that, tell us. Please do tell us because we have May, June, July, August, September. Up till the end of the year, we're going to nominate somebody each month. How do you do it? Go on to lmfm.ie and you'll see the unsung hero details there. You can put in all your information there and swing it on into us. You can email us, info at lmfm.ie. You can call Breeds now, 1850-715-958 and give her a name and then follow up with some more information on it. Whatever you'd like to do. There's loads of ways to contact us across social media as well on LMFM and let us know 
Is there somebody, or if there is somebody, give them an old shout out there. Tell us about them. And we'd be delighted to bring it to the airwaves and we wish you the best of luck on that one. And we'll be back next month, I promise you, with another unsung hero just for you. I think that's it, Louise, is it? Are we done? Is the shop, have we all the groceries sold? Is there anything left the in the shelves there? Is the kettle boiling? Did I hear a little whistle out there in the background? I think I did. Anyway, sure. We do it a cup of tea at this stage. First long week we've had in a while, a full five-day week. Did you realise that? I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, uh, be ho- always looking hope and look at the Monday. glass half full because next Monday we won't be here. It's the May bank holiday and a few weeks after that it'll be the June bank holiday. Yeah, they should have year. one in July just to balance everything. I think else. we should have a bank holiday every week. I said this before. Wouldn't it be great? Four <laughs> days. Would you manage four days? <laughs> we'd all love it, wouldn't we? And uh, then we'd want three. Yeah. <laughs> We would, of course. Yeah, of course. It'd just keep going down and down and down. Anyway, we're off to have a cup after a busy afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow with our environment special late lunch. It's all about the environment and how you and I can make a difference in this big push. And it is huge to leave this planet in a great shape for future generations. We must take responsibility. And we're doing a little bit on late lunch here on LMFM Radio tomorrow afternoon. Louise, pick this one. You're the voice, John Farnham. (laughs) See you tomorrow. FM Podcasts. Brought to you with Cart McCross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cart McCross Credit Union O'Neill Street or cartmacrosscu.ie Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.